morning, Area 316. Getting ready to come up here, but I had to play lighting guy at the same time. You know, it's okay, right? It's all right. We're here, aren't we? The, the brave and the few. I'm so glad that each of you are here. Um, see lots of family out there and uh, see, see some new folks. Glad you're here. And uh, we need to keep praying, as Sarah said, for those that are homesick. And I do want to say welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And, and welcome to those that are watching online. Uh, we're praying for you, and uh, we hope that uh, no, we don't. We, we hope and we know that God is in the healing business, so uh, he's going to take care of it. Amen. All right. We are going to continue our series. Oh, before I, wait, I get ahead of myself, let me get home. We got to take some students to Hot Hearts, uh, which is an a, a event at Highland Lakes Camp in Spicewood, just the other side of Austin. We took eight students. We only lost two. Um, and what I mean is we actually had to send two home that were not feeling well. So uh, be praying for those kiddos. But we had a blast. We got an opportunity to learn what, what, how to love, how to be love, and how to love others. And it was an awesome time of worship. And uh, I think the kids had an awesome experience. So uh, Ignite Youth is alive and well, and we're having a blast, okay? So now, is that it? I think that's it. We're going to continue our series, New Year, New You, and last week we talked about Jesus' statement to be born again or to be born from above and how that's what we need to do. And we decided that that was like a spiritual rebirth, right? Not actually a physical birth because uh, a 37-year-old man can't be actually physically reborn, so it's a spiritual rebirth. And we believe and trust and hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about repentance and we're going to be in psalm it is uh, if you've got your bible with you you uh, the little trick right if you open up to the middle you should be able in the middle of psalm and we're going to be in uh, chapter 51 this morning and we're going to read 12 verses from uh, one of david's psalms chapter 51 if you don't have a bible let us know we, we would get you a copy we don't want you to leave her without your own copy okay but f as you follow along the words will be on the screen. So let's dive right into Psalm 51. It goes like this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and have done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and teach my wisdom in the spirit, in the secret, excuse me, I can't read. And, in, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you've broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Some versions say, pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. 
Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I want to read it one more time. I just felt impressed to read it in a different translation. And uh, maybe it speaks to you differently as, as that did. But this is the message version. It's good for reading and it uses language that, that we're real familiar with. And uh, the author, Eugene Peterson, he, uh, he was very, very eloquent with his words. So I'm going to read that again in the message version. Generous in love, God give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt. Soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I violated, and you've seen it all, seen it to the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step with you for a long time, in the wrong since before I was born. What, what you're after is truth from the inside out. Enter me, then, conceive a new true life. Soak me in your laundry, and I'll come out clean. Scrub me, and I'll have snow-white life. Tune me in to foot-tapping songs. Set those once-broken bones to dancing. It doesn't say, it says dancing, but I put dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exiles and put a fresh wind in my sails. Let's pray together. Father God, we just ask that you would just use your word to soak into us. Whatever translation, whatever spoke, whatever struck a chord, struck a nerve in us, Father, spoke to us, Father, I just pray that it just be rooted deep inside of us. Father, your word is a transforming word. It's powerful. And we just pray that over Erythea 16 this morning. Father, we just ask that you would just continue to transform us. We pray healing over those who need it right now. Remove this virus, remove this bug, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, for, for those that are homesick, Lord, heal them. Heal them, Lord. Send them your love and your mercy and your healing. And Father, for, for those that are here this morning, put a hedge of protection around us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is one of approximately 14 Psalms of David along the theme of repentance. He wrote 14 Psalms inspired by the Holy Spirit with a theme, repentance. Hmm. Now, why is he repenting? Why, why, what's the, why, why do we have this scripture? Well, the story plays out in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. That's kind of your homework, 2 Samuel chapter 11, chapter 12. But I'm going to tell you the 2019 version of what happened in 2 Samuel chapter 12, okay? See, David, King David, was king of the Israelites. And he had a verified Facebook account profile, right? And so he was king. 
It was probably actually purple, not blue, because he was king. And so King David was browsing around, and on his suggested friend bar, there was this pretty-looking lady, and her name was Bathsheba. And he clicked, add friend, okay? He added her as a friend. But then he was scrolling through a profile, and he found out she was married. Well, then he did some background research on her husband and found out that he was actually in the king's army. And being the king, he could send whoever he wanted to send to the front line. So that's what King David did. He sent her husband to the front line. And in the battle, her husband was killed. Now she's single, right? And King David is going to pursue this woman. Well, somebody sees this. Somebody recognizes that King David is doing this. And his name is Jonathan. Now, Jonathan doesn't send him a text message. He doesn't send him a Facebook message. He doesn't send him a Snapchat. He goes to the door and he knocks on it. And he says, King David, I love you. I love you, Jonathan. You're my friend. I'm your friend. You got a problem. And everybody sees it. And I'm coming to you to tell you that you need to fix it. Now, that was a very, very close relationship, wasn't it? For him to go and to confront him about this sin. But it was a relationship that David recognized that he was wrong. And so it brought him to this place of repentance. And the first thing that jumps out to me is sin can't be hidden from God. Sin can't be hidden from God. When I was a kid, we used to play hide-and-go-seek. I've got two brothers and four cousins, and when we got together, that was the thing. We played hide-and-go-seek. Y'all remember playing hide-and-go-seek? Man, we would hide wherever we could, but as we got a little bit older, it was interesting. We still wanted to play hide-and-go-seek, but we wanted to make it a little more challenging. Okay, so we played in the dark, right? And we got flashlights, and we would hide, and we would hunt each other down, right? And, and now I watch the boys play hide-and-go-seek, and they play with their cousins. And, and they hide under the couch or behind the couch, or, and they hide sometimes in the water heater closet. I don't know how you get in the water heater closet, but anyways, I'm not playing anymore, am I? But, uh, hmm, sometimes we hide from God, don't we? Anybody ever tried to hide from God? To hide your sins from God? I have. I have. What's the scripture say? In Hebrews 4.13 it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Does that say some things? Nothing is hidden from from God's sight, everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes, to whom we must give account. It's laid bare. He sees it. He knows it. What's sin? Sin is missing the mark. Anybody perfect in here? Nobody raised their hand. There are no perfect people on this earth. Scripture said, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. 
We can send Adam and Eve a thank you note for that, right? Because they were tempted and sin entered the world. And it's been here. And it plagues us. Charles Spurgeon talks about sin this way. He said, Every act of sin does dishonor to the love and wisdom of God. For it seems to say that we would have been greater love to have permitted us to do evil than to have you have commanded us to abstain from it. All sin is in many ways the insult to the mystery, the majesty, excuse me, of the holy God, and he regarded as such. See, David is struggling with this past sin. But he doesn't want to insult God, does he? He knows he's failed. He knows he's been running. He knows it. There's nowhere he can hide. There's nowhere I can hide. There's nowhere you can hide. Because he knows and he sees our sin. Hmm. Repentance is critical. Repentance is critical. And Jesus laid it out in Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Have you ever driven down the wrong road before? I think sometimes subject to men are subject to continuing down the wrong road, right? And maybe your significant other is sitting next to you going, honey, do you think we're going down the wrong road? No, babe, we're good, you know? And you, you confidently say it, right? But in the back of your mind, you know you're probably going down the wrong road. But you don't want to turn around. <laughs> Eventually you turn around though, right? Because you're going the wrong way. That's what repentance looks like. You and I are in this life and we're going down the wrong road. Maybe it was a, a one little choice, but it led to this long, long road. And it was the wrong one. And God's saying, repent, turn around and go the other way. Turn around and go the other way. That's what God wants us to do. That's what David is trying to do. To get across in this passage. One of my favorite stories. I've got a friend. Who said that he had a, he had a problem. He had a problem. And, and it was a sin issue. But he found himself. In an alley. Covered in his own vomit. And he woke up laying on a bag of trash. And he decided that would be the day. Of repentance. And in his life, and in his story, that was the day, that was the moment that he remembers where he turned it around and he went back to God to take care of his wife and his family. Hmm. That's what David's doing. This passage says that according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. You know, we can use words like, I messed up. Right? God, I messed up. I failed. I'm sorry. Forgive me. We don't have to use these fancy words like David. We can. But we can just say, help me, God. I need your help. I messed up. 
Being part of born again is repentance, isn't it? Confessing our sins, recognizing that we've sinned against God, and then we pray about it. We talk to God about it. Leads me to my next point. After we repent, we need to let it go. Okay? After we repent, we need to let it go. Acts 3 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the time of refreshing may come from the Lord. i got to show this video clip. God wants us to let it go. You know, she threw her hand. We need to let it go. And the wind took her cape, if that's what you call it. It's probably got a fancy name, but the wind took it away, didn't it? It did. It took it away. That's what he does with our sin. And so often we like to hold on to it, don't we? Or we like to beat ourselves up about it. Anybody in their mind ever hold themselves kind of hostage? Maybe you did something wrong, you know you did it wrong, but then you go, man, I messed up. I'm not talking to God right now, I'm, I, but I messed up. And, and maybe you got this little time frame. Sometimes for me, it's maybe I got to go a day before I can talk to God. <laughs> That's just silly. He wants us to let it go right then. He has. Why can't we? We're trapped in that bondage or that, those chains and they hold us tightly. And really, we just need to let it go. Let it go. There's, let me tell you something. David could not have continued to leave the, lead the kingdom effectively if he didn't let it go. Okay? There's no way he could have been all been piled up on top of him he could not have been an effective leader. He had to let it go. I remember I, I found myself in a position that I was real negative about this job that I had. And man, I was angry at, the, at my job. I was angry at my boss. I was angry at my, the leadership. And this is just terrible, right? You know what I had to do? I had to identify that it was, I was living in sin. I had to repent. And then I let it go. It was a huge weight lifted. And I was able to move forward in order to follow God and do what he called me to next. So our prayer should be for restoration. Right? We, we say often, come as you are. But don't leave here the same. We need transformation. Next, I want to look at is uh, to find someone to hold you accountable. Find someone to hold you accountable. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. John Piper 
Uh, Pastor John Piper puts it this way. I take this to mean simply that in the normal life of the Christian, honesty and truthfulness and purity of heart involve continual admission and confession of sin to an appropriate people in our lives. Do you hear that? Appropriate people in our lives. The result will be this, this greater than physical. It will include spiritual health, which makes our physical and spiritual connection clear. Back to my friend Herb, right? He come to that place of repentance. He didn't stay there. He moved forward. What did he do? He surrounded himself with a body of believers. He was involved with church. The people. Not the building. The people. Because that's who the church is, isn't it? Because God did not intend us to do this life alone. He wants us to do it together. And so he plugged in in a community of believers. That's what it means to find somebody to hold you accountable. That's who David had in his friend, Jonathan. Man, I bet, I bet Jonathan was, man, I can't believe King David's doing that. I can't believe, man, I got to go talk to him. I got to go talk to him. You know, a lot of time, that anticipation, uh, it's going to be a really hard conversation. What am I going to say to him? But he had to do it. He was that kind of friend. To say, David, you messed up. You got to fix it. We need that type of person in our life to help us along this journey. God wants us to do life together. Repentance brings and continues to transform you and me. Repentance begins and continues transforming you and me. Psalm 51.10, we read it a while ago. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart. I've prayed that prayer often myself. Just the words directly from Scripture. Create in me a pure heart. If you go out our back door at our house, we have a little concrete pad. It's like, I don't know. I'm not really good at that. Like 16 by 16 or something. It's a square. Anyways, it's a little concrete pad. And it's been there for about three and a half years. And for some reason, after time, concrete gets this like black, grimy film on top of it. I don't know what it is. And if somebody could tell me later, maybe they can explain to me why uh, new concrete starts turning like gray or black, right? And so Carrie's out there, and she's got some fabuloso, and she's like, she's like pouring it on there. She's like sweeping it, sweeping it, sweeping it. I'm like, here, let me try. And I'm starting sweeping it. And you can't get this stuff off. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. It's like mildew. I don't even know what it is. It doesn't matter, okay? But it's black. And we're like, man, it sure would look nice if the concrete looked like it, you know, when it was poured. Bing. We got a power washer at the camp, right? So I go down to the shed, and I get this, vroom, fire this power washer off, and guess what? We got a brand new porch. We got a brand new porch. That's what God does to you and me, doesn't he? I don't recommend getting power washed. But I recommend spending time repenting and praying and asking God to create in you a pure heart. Because that's what he does to us. He takes all that filth away. 
He washes us white as snow. Man, that's exciting. That's transforming, isn't it? This word create means to fashion, to form, always with God as the subject. He's the creator. He's the transformer. He's the potter and we are the clay. We are that dirty concrete and he's the power washer. Right? The boys recently have got into this air dry molding clay. We bought like a a box of 10 pounds. I don't know why you need 10 pounds of it, but they take their little hands and they create things. Logan made this little man and he made it where you can take the legs and the, and the head off and all this stuff. Pretty cool. They're creating their own little world in their hands and God's created each and every one of you. Is he done yet? He ain't done yet. Okay? He ain't done yet. He's working in each and every one of you. He's transforming us every day to look more and more like Christ. I want to encourage you to let him continue to transform you. And we do it through repentance. Maybe we got to repent every five minutes. I don't know. But that's what he's calling us to do. To look more and more like Jesus. I want to leave you with a quote this morning as we close here. We're going to have a time of worship. But I want you to think on these words. Forgiveness means not merely that I am saved from hell and made right for heaven. Forgiveness means that I am forgiven into a recreated relationship, into identification with God in Christ. The miracle of redemption is that God turns me, turns you, into the the unholy one, into the standard of himself, the holy one. By putting me and you in a new disposition. What's that disposition? Jesus Christ. It's all in him. Sin cannot be hidden. Repentance. Repentance is critical. And after we repent, let it go. Let it go. Find somebody to hold you accountable. Someone trustworthy. And remember that repentance Starts at the beginning, but it continues to transform you and me every single day. All to look more and more like Jesus. Amen? I hope you're encouraged today. I want to close this in a word of prayer. I want to also encourage you to continue to remember to pray for, for those who are sick. It's a nasty bug. And uh, let's pray together. Father God, we just come to you right now and we just ask that you would just uh, continue to remind us, Father, that the power of your blood is still at work. And Father, that you are in the business of transforming your people, your creation, 
Father. And that it's a mighty, mighty power. We thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, we just ask that you would just continue to move in this place, to stir in our hearts, to stir in our minds. Create in me a pure heart, God. Create in Area 316 a pure heart. And Father, we just ask that you would just be with each and every one, Father, that uh, is affected by this, this bug, Father, this sickness, this flu bee, and, and so forth, Father. We just ask that you would just remove it in Jesus' name. Yes, that in Jesus' name. Lord, go with us this week and let us be your light to a world that needs you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.